Hello and welcome to this episode of Coach and Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds. Thank you so much for joining me. I have had so many text messages today. People sharing with me their shoulda, woulda, couldas and how to let go and let God prevail. And the question I have received is, okay, so how do I let go and let God prevail? How do I do that? It seems like that is the hardest thing to do, is to submit our will to His. So I'm reading in Come Follow Me right now, and the assignment is 4th Nephi. And I came upon verse 3 and that cute little blue highlighted word that I love to click on those and see where they take me. The word is all. Click on the word all. See where it takes you. It took me to Messiah 18 and it says, And thus they should impart of their substance, of their own free will and good desires towards God. And there was one day in every week that was set apart that they should gather themselves together. Okay, so submit our will to God. But how do we do that? We give of ourselves. We are completely converted to the Lord. There's no contentions, no disputations. Every man did deal justly with one another. They had all things in common. There was no one that was more rich or poor or bond or free, but they were all made free and partakers of the heavenly gift. So how do we let go and let God prevail? We let go of ourselves. The selfishness is not a part of who we are. We are not self-absorbed. And then we can be partakers of the heavenly gift and set aside one day in every week to worship the Lord their God and as often as it was in their power to assemble themselves together. I thought that was really interesting and how fitting that is for us today. To worship God together as often as it was in their power to assemble themselves So here we are trying to assemble ourselves as often as we possibly can. And our Father has commanded commanded us that we should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy and every day give thanks to Him. And that's from Mosiah 18. And again in Mosiah 18, He commanded them that there should be no contention one with another but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another with the intent to do good. And I love this. And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them. What are the riches? Is it, the, is it the money that we have in our pocket? Is it the size of our house? Is it the car we drive? So after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them. 
and ye will seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked, and to feed the hungry, and to liberate the captive, and to administer relief to the sick. And to think of your brethren like unto yourselves, and be familiar with all. But the only way that we can really do these things is if we completely let go of ourselves and be converted unto the Lord. Look to Him. And think about how we can have all things in common with each other and all of us be partakers of the heavenly gift. So I was listening to a conference talk that was my assignment from GenCon365 on Instagram. And lots of times I will just hit play. And this is what is such a wonderful treasure for me is when I hit play and I just let it play on. I will listen to that one conference talk and then it will just carry on and I'll end up listening to three or four or five while I'm getting ready for the day or walking my dogs or running through the house getting it picked up for something and I will just keep having it play. And today I stumbled upon a conference talk that is a true gem. Have you ever come across a an article or a book or a conference talk that you just highlight and underline and highlight some more and put notes off to the side. And this is one of those talks where I found myself just highlighting throughout the entire thing. And it comes from Elton Perry and it's from April 1975 and it's called A Tribute. And he's talking about his first wife and the love that he has for her, how much he admired her. And this conference talk came just about a year after she had passed away. I didn't know that he had been married twice, but what a wonderful and loving tribute he gives to her. He explains that they had only been married a few days before he found out what a compassionate and loving woman she was with great empathy in her heart wonderful aromas would come from their kitchen and they were not always intended for Elder Perry. They were often intended for someone in need. And she could not rest until she had made an effort to supply a relief. Often he would return home from a busy day at work and had great pressure to complete assignments or deadlines to only come home to his wife to instruction that they needed to be to a certain place of where they needed to give service. And he admits that he would murmur and mumble and grumble under his breath. Why me tonight? How am I ever going to get that job done? How am I going to meet that deadline? But through her acts of mercy, he was privileged to see the children dance with joy and parents weep with gratitude for her giving of her her time and the contribution and maybe it was a meal that she had prepared when they were married nearly 30 years she contracted a terminal disease her life expectancy would only be another six months to a year she accepted that with faith and courage 
And she told, she told her husband to not tell anybody about it because she didn't want it to change the way of their life and have them be treated differently. Now, because her life was filled with physical hardship, it only seemed to make her more empathetic for her fellow man. And she had greater appreciation for another's need. So three serious operations followed in very short order, and there were only a few who knew about them, but they were sworn to secrecy. Her pattern of life in the hospital was always the same with her careful planning. She would attend church on Sunday. The operation would be performed early on Monday morning, and by Tuesday, she was trying to get out of bed. And by Wednesday, she would be up moving around, trying to regain her physical strength. Thursday, they would find her helping the nurses assist others who were in the hospital. And Friday, she would spend trying to convince the doctor that she was ready to go home. And by Saturday morning, the doctor would give up in despair and discharge her. And Sunday, she would be back to church looking radiant. No one suspected that she had just gone through major surgery. She was deeply grateful for her membership in the church. It was the foundation on which she had her life built upon. It was her sustaining power, her hope for the eternities. And she was anxious to share her witness of the mission of our Lord and Savior with others. And she did. She had a profound influence on others' lives, but Elder Elder Perry said that she had the greatest influence upon his life. He became an apostle. And he realizes that much of who he was was because of who she was. He said, she will always be one of the truly unforgettable people I have known. To me, she exemplified spiritual living. And he says, I recommend to you her way of life. I watched service consume pain. I witnessed faith destroy discouragement. I've seen courage magnify her beyond her natural abilities. So when I have been asked, how is it that we actually let God prevail? Truly, it is looking outside ourselves. It is submitting our our desires to Him that his desires be our own. And I I always, I cannot, I cannot forget the example. And I always refer to this in 3 Nephi, chapter 4, about the Nephites and how they had to go up to battle against the Gadianton robbers. And it was this great battle that they came up, they came up against them these robbers, they were scary. They were terrifying to look at. And they had lamb skin. They had lamb skin about their loins. And they were dyed in blood. And their heads were shorn. And their, they had head plates upon them. And great and terrible was the appearance of the Gideoni robbers because of their armor and because of their being dyed in blood. 
And this is the part that I love. And it came to pass that the armies of the Nephites, when they saw the appearance of the army of Gideonai, had fallen to the earth and did lift their cries to the Lord their God, that he would spare them and deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. And it came to pass that when the armies of Gideonai saw this, they began to shout with a loud voice because of their joy, for they had supposed that the Nephites had fallen with fear because of the terror of their armies. But in this thing they were disappointed, for the Nephites did not fear them, but they did fear their God and did supplicate him for protection. Therefore, when the armies of Gideonai did rush upon them, they were prepared to meet them. Yea, in the strength of the Lord, they did receive them. And the battle commenced in the sixth month, and great and terrible was the battle thereof. Yea, great and terrible was the slaughter. And they defeated those robbers. And it's because they submitted their will to God and they trusted in Him. And they prepared themselves with every needful thing. And He expects of us that we keep our command, keep His commandments and keep our covenants and serve others to the fullest that we can to our all. To our all. And several examples, several examples I have given as to what a remarkable woman this was, Sister Perry. It's one of those, one of those stories that I read and I just think, oh, if I could just do things over again. No, that's not possible, nor is it necessary. We just need to start right here where we are. And they had all things in common among them. There was no one that was rich. There was no one that was poor. But they were in service to one another and partakers of the heavenly gift. That's how you do it. That's how you give your all to your Father in heaven. And by so doing, we are letting go and letting God. Thank you so much for joining me in this edition of Coaching Chaos. If you like my work, if you feel so inspired, please share. And maybe through this, we can change someone's heart. We can help someone return back to our Savior. But the ultimate goal is that we take a look at the larger view of things and find love within ourselves because there is someone who needs us. Submitting our will to God to allow Him to prevail. We can do this through letting go and giving up our pride. There might be someone that needs an apology. There's someone that needs our forgiveness. Freely give our all to that. To be partakers of the heavenly gift. That we truly can know what it 
feels like to obtain riches. And it's not riches as in things of the world. It's riches as in joy and peace. And of course, to feel our Savior's love. Let go and let God. Everything else is small. Everything else is not important. Everything else is not necessary. When we give ourselves to our Father in Heaven and choose Him, we will have His support, just like the Nephites have support. Get on your knees and then rise up and slaughter the tay. But we can only do that and conquer all. Whatever our day looks like, if it's as scary as the Gadianton robbers, if it's intimidating, if it's depressing, so be it. We have God with us. We have God with us. What will it take to have God with you? Let go and let God. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Shari Reynolds, and this is Coaching Chaos. Please feel free to share and help me in this work and helping others turn to Christ. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next time.